I am delighted that um, that was the declaration we did because that's what we're going to be talking about. It's amazing. So, um, first of all, I just want to say thank you so much to everyone and anyone who prayed for us last Sunday for our Hope Impact team. Um, we went to Argyle to minister to some folks there. And just to say, as an aside, because I've been encouraged to plug this, prayer is absolutely vital to us as a family. And we love to take time out corporately to do that and it just so happens that a week on Friday we're going to be doing a 24-2 prayer weekend so that's the Friday the 3rd of June um, through to the Sunday the 5th which is actually Pentecost Sunday I'm like oh my goodness we're gonna have a weekend of encountering God in prayer and then we're gonna have Pentecost Sunday together it's gonna be amazing um so look out on Church Suite, you'll get all the sign-up details of how you can do that. Um, and the thing I was realizing was, you know, we're going to be celebrating the Queen with our Platinum Jubilee and also getting to celebrate the King of Kings, so that's exciting. Uh, so, sorry, about the weekend, last weekend, we had an amazing time, really an opportunity to prophetically minister to a local pastor there, and then we just took time to activate a group of believers um, in healing and uh, really just inspiring them to go forth and lay hands on the sick like Jesus told us to. And what was really fun was during the activations as we were practicing, of course, what does God do? He just goes and heals people. So that was fun. So we had someone there who um, couldn't move their thumbs. They had arthritis and their thumbs, they'd been unable to move them and all the pain left and they were like wiggling them around, very excited, which is amazing. And then someone's neck pain left and they had full movement return and got freed up. Someone else had back pain leave, other people improvements happened. So we were practicing and God just like broke in and healed people. So it was really fun. So um, just lots of fun. And there are two more planned over the summer. So watch out for them. So today, as Anne said, I am talking about our uh, three-part, third-part series on being an apostolic people. I just want to flag up, I, I was like thinking about it in worship, I was like, just kind of came to me, I'm like, you know, it's been a long time since we've had like an eldership team preaching series, so that's really fun, like, but Andy did, I mean, he hit it out the park, stunning job of just um, introducing the, the topic, so if you've not heard that from two weeks ago, please go and listen to it, and then Mark, oh my goodness, last Sunday, I was just like, <gasps> so many times, like taking notes, one-liners that were just like golden nuggets, so please listen to them. So today, um, I'm going to do a few things, but really just, I kind of want to talk about what's burning in my heart. And I, I got very excited about this as I was prepping. I'm like, gosh, I am, this is in me more than I realize. And then what we're going to do at the end is we're going to do some corporate ministry together. So apostolic reformation is a term uh, that is being used across the world right now. Uh, it's happening across planet Earth. But what actually is it? Well, simply put, it is about God reforming the church to a New Testament structure and to an apostolic wineskin where fivefold gifts are operational. So um, we know that Jesus taught that it's actually it's impossible to pour wine out into a wineskin that's uh, not fit for purpose and is an old one because it would rip and it would, the wine would get spilled and wasted. And so we need a new wineskin. And actually... I guess for me, I'm like, well, you can't really expect to have like 
what happened in the New Testament church and more if we don't have a wineskin that looks like what they had. Like, it's just a bit of a no-brainer. So it's exciting that this is what God's doing across the earth. And so world church structures are changing from pastor-teacher models to apostolic uh, wineskins with the fivefold ministry of apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teacher. So Ephesians 2, um, 19 tells us this, that God's plan for the church, sorry, that's not, I'm not actually reading it yet, sorry. <laughs> I'm about to, about to read the verses. We're told that God's plan for the church uh, is actually for us to be built together into a dwelling place. It says this, you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone in whom the whole structure being joined together grows into a holy temple in the Lord. In him, you also are being built together into a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. It's amazing. Like, wow. Wow, that is what God is doing. So God is raising up fivefold ministry gifts to bring the church to a place of maturity and create a wineskin that I believe can bring in the greatest harvest that the world has ever seen, which messes me up when I think about it because I'm like, oofed, oofed. It's huge. And the closer that we get to the return of Jesus, the more that these five full ministry gifts will be operational and will be working together so that God can raise up a victorious, powerful church that is growing in maturity and unity in the faith and authority and love and being built together so that God can dwell in her and so that she, the church, will be filled with the glory of God and actually that we're gonna, we'll have moments where, you know, the presence of God is when you don't want to leave. Like we had it today. It's like, oh, I don't want to leave this. I just want to, I want to do this forever. But the glory of God is when you actually can't leave. Like Mark mentioned last week when the, the, the priests um, were ministering and the clouds came and the glory of God was there and they could not minister. They couldn't even stand. Actually, we're going to have that. Um, and the concept that the church is rising up in glory, you cannot separate. It's actually inseparable from the fivefold ministry. Um, and it's not enough to just say, okay, well, it's okay. We've got apostles and prophets now. Tick. Um, but actually, apostolic reformation isn't just about um, fivefold gifts. It's actually about having a victorious mindset. You can't adopt a fivefold church government without an optimistic outlook of the future. And because the goal, as I've just said, of the fivefold ministry is for the church to be raised up to a place of maturity, of glory, of power, and a place that belongs to the fullness of Christ. And that is where we're headed. That is the bride that Jesus is coming back for. And because of this, we should expect that every year, that the presence of God is going to manifest more powerfully among us because actually we're on a trajectory of up, up of more glorious, more of God, more power, more, you know, so that actually, you know, God's going to, year on year, he's going to dwell among us more powerfully, more powerfully, more powerfully, and the church is going to see more and more of the glory um, 
of God as he comes and dwells among us. And for us as a church, this isn't something we just decided one day, okay, this is what's happening across the air, so we're going to join in. This sounds like fun. Let's do it too. It's not a new hobby for us. This is something that God has led us into, and it has been quite a journey um, because actually it's really been, I was thinking about it, it's probably been like 13 years and we're not figured it out yet. Um, and so actually as we've gathered, as the, as the tangible presence of God has come, as we've just been like, oh, don't know what to do, we're just going to yield and surrender to you. Um, and we've let Holy Spirit fill us. We've let Holy Spirit lead us. We've kept saying yes to God, even when we've not had a scooby what's going on or what we should do next, that he's moved us forward. He's assembled us. He's fit us together. He, we've had revelation, and Jesus has been the one who's building his church. And he is building us together. He's doing something really incredible in our midst. And um, I guess the thing is this, that, you know, the nation of Scotland and beyond, that's our, you know, it's our apostolic mission. It needs what God is doing in our midst. We need to keep giving him our yes. And are we the only ones doing this? No, definitely not. But we are pioneering and being forerunners in Scotland at the moment in this. And there will be others. Um, and yeah, so it's important. Actually, Jesus is building his church. The, the New Testament fivefold structure um, has returned and is here because Jesus is coming back for his bride and this is what God wants to do to get us ready. Now, last week, Mark did an excellent job of unpacking the fivefold gifts and the importance of really receiving them. And so I'm not going to go over old ground, but I just want to add some extra things that I just want to unpack a little bit more. And so I think... First of all, Jesus gave the gifts of apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teacher when he ascended into heaven. Ephesians 4.8 is where you get that if you want to look it up. So it was as he ascended, as he was raised and seated at the right hand of the Father um, above every rule and authority and power and dominion, that actually that he then poured out those gifts. And so there is a measure of authority that gets poured out with them. And also they are given uh, by, by Jesus so that actually to turn the church into a body and into living wineskin so that we can receive the wine and so that we can impact the world. Um, and Jesus is actually revealing himself in those gifts. So I don't think that we always realize that, but I'm just going to say it again. Jesus is revealing himself in those gifts. And he gave them to us so that he could be formed in us. He gave them to us so that he could be formed in us. And they're to build up the body so that actually the world can look on and be like, wow, is that the body of Christ? And the thing is as well that he gives some. So I just am like, when it's some, like some is precious. Just going to say that as a wee extra thing. So, uh, as a reminder, in Ephesians 2, um, we saw that apostles and prophets are foundation workers. And so, apostles are sent by God to build something that wasn't there before. They have a heart to build up the body of Christ, to establish a work, and Holy Spirit pours through their heart um, to allow the other Jesus gifts to work together. 
So a prophet hears from God, helps to steer and direct the church, keep things on course. A pastor fits things together and really builds on something that's already there. A teacher teaches um, on what's already there, gets things structured and functioning. And an evangelist is the one that causes the building to grow in size. Um, and in an apostolic church, every gift um, gets fully released into who they're called to be. But there is an order. 1 Corinthians 12, 28 shows us that God's order is first apostle, second prophet, third teacher. In our family, so structure like that is a behind-the-scenes thing, but that is how God has orchestrated it. So what happens when we don't receive fivefold gifts in our midst? Well, if we choose not to receive them, whether that be one of them, some of them, all of them, then we're actually rejecting the heart of Jesus. Um, which is quite hard to hear. As I was like realizing that, I was like, oh my goodness, <laughs> that's a bit of a tough reality. Because Jesus gives the gifts, the people are the gifts, and uh, he poured them out, he gave them. And if we don't receive them, then actually we're not receiving him, which is a massive thing. Actually, when we say, let's open our hearts to receive, it's like, oh, actually, let's take a wee moment to be like, Jesus, I want to receive you through this gift you're pouring out to me right now. Um, so the posture of our heart and receiving these gifts is uh, vital because all five of them are there to equip us. But you actually have to receive a gift to benefit from a gift. Um, so we know from Scripture, um, and Mark mentioned it last week as well, that when Jesus went back to Nazareth, he didn't do many miracles there because of their lack of faith. And he could only heal a few sick people. But actually... It wasn't because God didn't want to heal people, but it was because of how their hearts were receiving him. Um, and I just want to share, this is, I guess I'm just going to give you a wee, um, you know, alert. What I'm going to share is for us to journey in together. And this isn't by no way a criticism or a judgment, but actually like we need to be aware of this together as a family. So I'm just saying that at the start. So in my experience at the moment, and Andy and I talk about this a lot, and we don't have all the answers, um, that actually it seems that more um, healings, more outpourings of God's power um, seem to happen when we send teams elsewhere than what happens here. I have watched the power of God knock people off their feet. I've watched someone get out of a wheelchair, crooked spine straightened before my eyes. And Actually, we just heard recently from Andy and Teresa that when they went to Bolton, there was just like miracle after miracle after miracle. And, and the stories keep coming of people's lives transformed, which is absolutely amazing. But I guess my question to me and to us is why? Why, why does it seem like more things happen away than here? And so I don't have the answers um, but I have some questions and some musings, which is what I'm going to throw out. These are not fully formed, um, but here's the, here it is. So are we fully opening our hearts? Now, we can partially open them or a wee bit or not at all, but are we fully opening our hearts to receive from Jesus through the gifts that he's given us? Because actually, where you point your heart, the rest of you follows. So even if you're like, well, I'm not sure if I like this person's personality or they're not my kind of person. Actually, if we point our heart, like the rest of us follows, even if we don't understand, it's because it's not an intellectual exercise. It's actually a step of faith, uh, just like much like salvation. Um, what are we believing for? 
What are we expectant of and in faith for when we gather as a family? Do we expect the glory of God to manifest more powerfully in our midst every year, even um, week to week? Now, there's been some comments in the past um, that I've we've had um, about how um, Hope Church is too apostolic and too prophetic and not pastoral or teaching enough. And I guess I just want to say this. Firstly, teachers and pastors and evangelists cannot function properly without apostles and prophets, meaning that they actually could be blocked from functioning fully because of the way that we receive apostles and prophets. Meaning that I believe actually there is more that we could see in terms of all of the gifts functioning and flourishing and thriving in the way that Jesus intended in our family. And secondly, I want to suggest that we're not apostolic or prophetic enough. Let me say that again. I want to suggest that we're not apostolic or prophetic enough. Because if we were, then I believe that we would see more of a like corporate breakthroughs of heaven on earth. We would see more joy and healing and freedom uh, happening in our midst. And actually, as we um, gather, actually more would happen here than in other places. And we would see an impact on our city and in the spheres of influence that we're in, and it would be visible. Now, we have seen some things, um, and we praise God for all of it. But for me personally, like I... When I am elsewhere, more God uses me more elsewhere than here. Now, I'm not saying that, as I said, as a judgment or a criticism. I'm just sharing something that I am like, here is a thing I've identified that we need to think about, address, and work together in. So I, if that's the case for me, then I know I've seen Andy and Teresa in action, and God uses them more powerfully out with this environment than he does in it. And if that's the case for them and for me, then I'm sure it's the case for many of us. And let's that, we need that not to be the case. Um, because actually I would much rather um, that the gift that God has given me to equip the saints for the work of ministry be used here where God has placed me than in other places. And one thing I've noticed, I'll just throw this out as we here's the thing I've spotted, is that when I am in other church environments or in different places, it's like people tug on the anointing of God on me and all this stuff comes out that I am like, oh my goodness, I didn't even expect that myself. So I'm just throw that out as something I've noticed. Um, and so I have been thinking about this and I realized, actually, <laughs> this is where I've got to. I'm like, I would rather that we get to invite church leaders and their teams to come here because God's doing more here in our midst than elsewhere. Wouldn't that be awesome? That actually, um, that basically, that, yeah, that we just encourage teams to come here um, because I, I want to see, see God do more in our midst than in theirs. Um, and wouldn't it be amazing if we were like seeing God free people from pain in their bodies every week? And wouldn't it be amazing if we were seeing like relationships restored and there'd be testimony after testimony about family reconciliation or, or peace, people getting like supernatural peace to their troubled minds? I mean, mental health right now is just a massive thing in our nation. And wouldn't it be amazing if we had like 
regular release of supernatural provision so that no one was ever in lack. And we've already started to see it happen, but imagine that happen again and again and again in our midst. And imagine like with non-believers to come through the door and literally be like, what must I do to be saved? Now we've got prophetic words about that happening, but actually let's, let's just start to think like that, that, that actually that can happen. Imagine we're so undone um, at watching God's love on display and the way that he heals bodies and breaks into our midst, that we are springboarded out that door filled with courage and faith to go out there and that we just see heaven on earth and we see the kingdom come wherever we are and that we have like story after story of breakthrough and healing and signs and wonders and salvation in our workplaces, in our families, in the supermarket. Actually, we're, meant, we're here for his presence that's why we gather his presence and to be equipped so that we can go out there and see earth become more like heaven. But actually, we can see heaven on earth and here so that we're like, oh, that's what it looks like. Now I know what to expect. And then we go out and do the same. And so the other thing is this. Imagine Glasgow hit the headlines for all the things we declare that actually, oh, suddenly it's announced Glasgow is a city of health and healing or that actually, wow, there's all these creative solutions have come up to the city's social issues or actually Glasgow has got the strongest families and marriages in the nation or actually addiction is not an issue anymore. We've managed to get to the root cause of addiction and it's not a problem. And actually the city of Glasgow, every area prospers. That is what we declare. Like there's so much more that God wants to do through us, here, in us, than in other places. And so I'm still figuring this out, but in an apostolic wineskin, am I doing for time? Oh, okay. Um, the authority does not rest only on the fivefold gifts. Now, they do have authority from Jesus, but actually we have a corporate authority. And that is the result of each of us joining our hearts together individually adding our authority and giving our yes, yes to God and yes to each other, that we're family, we're in this, and we're going to, you know, we're going to follow God on this apostolic mission and prophetic vision journey that he's got us on, even if we don't understand and it looks a bit beyond our, you know, wildest dreams. Actually, there's something that happens in that as we as we do that, that then an apostle, a prophet, a pastor, a teacher, an evangelist, and the other gifts all get to step into that corporate authority, almost like we've talked about, like a greenhouse, that actually there is, there's a flourishing and a rising up of those gifts to allow them to operate because of what happens in our heart and how we join in with the momentum of what God's doing in our midst. And so, and then, and then obviously like when we're in worship as well, if all of our, if our hearts are all pointing towards Jesus and you guys do this splendidly, but our hearts are pointing to Jesus and his manifest presence comes. Actually, 1 Corinthians 12 tells us that by one spirit, we're baptized into one body. And so we just become more one and our, like what God's doing in our midst, our corporate authority and what he's doing amongst us grows and develops and gets bigger and expands. And then at that moment, like anything is possible. Like, oh my goodness, 
what could happen? Who knows? Like God just going to do something absolutely outstanding. And it's at that moment that the anointing of the apostle and the prophet, because they're wired for heaven, that they, those gifts work together um, to actually help us steward those intense God moments and partner with heaven and what he wants us to do. And so next Sunday, I'm just going to, I'm going to close in a wee second. Next Sunday, we are having a worship Sunday. And so, I, I mean, I've said it before, you guys do this amazingly, but I just want to say thank you. Thank you for the way that you worship because it is so precious that we gather and the presence of God just rushes into the room. And that's because of all of us doing it. And it's amazing. And I love it. I get so excited to gather and worship with you guys because God always rocks up and I'm always like, oh, I was born for this. And it's just amazing. So thank you. But I just want to... I want to just say, I want to appeal to you to come ready. I sadly am not going to be here, so I'm going to totally miss it. But um, I'm going to be bringing back lots of goodies because I'm going to go and hang out with Seth Fawcett uh, at conference. So coffee is now served at 10 a.m. Pre-service prayer is at 10 past 10. Both of those things are available and awesome. And so we could come for coffee. We could pray at 10 past 10. At 10.30, we're ready to go. And actually, as I just want to appeal to you, actually, to, to, to choose to be fully present in the presence. And I know that's tricky. Sometimes you've got kids running around your feet, but there's a posture in our hearts that we can be mom or dad and still be like, God, you're awesome. Wow. And actually, it does something to the kids when they see us passionate for Jesus. Um, and, and please realize the impact that you have on the whole. We are... Um, joined to one another, we're a body. And so regardless of how your week has been, um, actually we can, we can all choose to offer a sacrifice of praise to God um, and choose to focus everything that we are fully in him. So please be expectant when you come next week and the week after and the week after. Be expectant for breakthrough, for freedom, for joy, for healing, for an inability to stand because the glory of God is so intense and thick and heavy that we can't function. Um, for an expectation for our families and our workplaces to be impacted and, and, and open our hearts to the gifts, actually to the apostolic and the prophetic and the other gifts leading us and realize this massive truth that God is doing something beyond what we can imagine and that we are ushering in the greatest move oof, of God that the world has ever seen. I'm just going to say that again if I can. <clears throat> We are ushering in the greatest move of God that the world has ever seen.